this morning from the Mushroom Kingdom, WKBAG Studios, Wario, Cruel, Bowser, Andros, Gannon, this is Video Games and Comedy Show. We have a breaking news segment from Ground Zero of the T-Virus outbreak. Michael McCaller is in the field covering the Raccoon City Memorial Service for the families who lost loved ones and the terrible events that befell the town and surrounding areas and the whole world just 20 years ago today. Michael, we go to you. Thank you, Jeremy. I'm here at Raccoon City where on September 28th, daylight, a missile was fired into Raccoon City, eradicating everything this city had built in its long existence, every puzzle manufactured by various uh, mayors and corrupt police officers. Gone to waste. Oh my God! Uh, 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 tell me, since you're since you're there, uh, what is the what is the vibe? What is the feel, overall feeling from the from the citizens of Raccoon City, the ones who were left behind? Uh, not a lot. They were they were nuked. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, those like skeleton shadows up against uh, mm-hmm. the walls mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because, as you well know, when the T virus outbreak took over the city, and the city was infested with zombies government decided that the only course of action was to fire a missile into the heart of Raccoon City and wipe it from the map. Wow. So here we are. Uh, uh, what, what kind of things can, can we expect uh, uh, from, from the memorial? Uh, uh, are, we, are, are we seeing, uh, I don't know, I- images of, of, uh, of, our, of, of heroes from the time? We're talking Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine, Leon Kennedy, Rebecca Chambers, your favorite. I do love Rebecca Chambers. It's inappropriate for you to have called it out on air. Uh, But yes, those heroes will be here speaking to all of the family members and friends that they lost, including Nemesis, the big spiders, and how many zombies? And at least one shark. There was a shark. (laughs) And... And I've heard that in solidarity, the community has gotten together and, and have tossed all of their sunglasses into a pit and started lighting them on fire in protest of, of Wesker. <laughs> Wesker is known as a villain, <laughs> finally, amongst the people left in Raccoon City. Mm-hmm. As you'll remember, after the initial mansion incident, Wesker was thought to be a hero. Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine went with their findings to everyone in the city mayors, police chiefs, but again, they were all so corrupt or busy building puzzles that they did not take them seriously. Uh, As Marvin Branagh famously told Leon Kennedy at the beginning, no one believed them. Right. Oh, right. And, 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 And what a powerful moving sentiment that was speaking of believing are are you looking around do you see anything unusual anything that might startle the eyes quiver the stomach clench the buttocks well that's the thing this is a town that was overrun with monsters and even though there was a nuclear strike a lot of times those monsters hp were not completely drained there are a number of zombies uh, G-virus monsters, mm. uh, mm-hmm. living plants that made us think they were dead but have risen again. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, William Birkin in particular, who you may remember becoming so big that he overtook a train. <laughs> he was thought to be dead, but he still lumbers. Ugh. Like a like a slow moving Lovecraftian beast in the in the night, <laughs> just n- harming no one but disturbing everyone. 
Uh, wow. Well, that sure is a is, is a grisly scene, and I, and I hope we get you back here in the studio safely uh, uh, soon. Uh, when can we expect you back? Uh, right now. Oh, hey. Hello. There he is. Yeah. Well. Uh, I was just outside. Oh, very good. Very yeah. good. Uh, uh, well, I, I wanted to uh, make sure that we did play this uh, just and kind of give our moment of silence as this uh, ode uh, shines hopefully a, a wanting light onto the, I guess, the problems with modern day society, as we've seen in the news lately. It has just been nothing but negativity, especially towards, towards certain groups specifically. And uh, one of those groups uh, being targeted was human beings and uh, by zombies. September 28th, daylight. The monsters have overtaken the city. Somehow, I'm still alive. And I'll never be able to prove it, but that was definitely more typing than there was words. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Video Games, a comedy show. Michael McCaller, thank you for indulging me so much on that uh, on that bit. How oh you doing, God. buddy? I'm so excited uh, to talk about Resident Evil and to uh, really just do bits. So really, that was the, the perfect mashup for me. We have uh, we have a gruesome twosome here in the uh, in the in the uh, WKBAG studios today. It's just uh, Michael McCaller and of course myself, Slappy Bananas, um, uh, here on on the ones and twos. Uh, it's uh, I would say the Mushroom Kingdom is uh, hustling and bustling as ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and how's your uh, your abode doing? Your humble uh, wanderings? One might call it your home. Uh, great. Do you mean the actual home I live in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's clean. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. I cleaned it. Good. good. And uh, where is it again? Just so uh, I, I keep cannon straight. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I put you on the spot. It's in the luncheon <laughs> kingdom. <laughs> how's, how's that? That's good. That's yeah. good. You, I have a you ate pink your, house. You ate your way through a hole of cheese, and that's where you... <laughs> that's where I dwell. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Um, yeah, I definitely wanted to uh, 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 mention that uh, if anybody is uh, looking for a roommate um, and you know me, uh, please uh, uh, hit me up through any way you can through the show. Call into the studio. Again, uh, my landlord has uh, straight up just uh, jacked the prices in what I thought was a rent-controlled Metro Kingdom flat. But uh, turns out, no. Mm. Turns out Toad's rules are uh, anything goes. I suspect this particular Toad might have a boo inside him. He might. Oh, no. He might have been overtaken because he's acting not, He's acting strange. Have you tried looking him directly in the eye? I, I have. I have. And has he turned away and frozen uh, uh uh no no he hasn't he's not gone full boo yet but if you look at their beady black eyes mm. huh, i mean i mean if their mouth isn't moving i mean there's just no expression there uh-huh. i had a landlord once who was definitely just a regular person and not controlled by a boo but if i looked <laughs> him in the eyes and confronted him about anything he would freeze sure. and kind of give me what i ever wa- whatever i wanted uh his name was gilbert yeah and he apparently was a new york city cop Wow. Yeah, why was I able to bully a New York City cop landlord? I think that's very funny. He probably at some point just was like, I've had enough of bullying myself. I don't need to worry about that. No one will be as tough as the things I've seen. Sure. And little did he know, life would be just as tough. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a Buffy episode, actually. (laughs) 
Uh, well, great. Video games are are cooking. I would say they're cooking and they're cooking hard and fast. We're in the season. It's not New slowing down every week. It's not slowing down, and it's more things I'm, I'm excited about, and th- I'm I'm having to make executive decisions to just say no. Mm-hmm. You know, no Assassin's Creed. I'll never play you. You're set. I'm set. I'm set with Assassin's Creed. That doesn't mean it's not a great game. Oh, it's yeah. a triple A title. This one's probably going to be great. I know Origins was great. Mm-hmm. I've never played an Assassin's Creed game. I've never controlled an assassin. <laughs> <laughs> They're fun to control. Like I'm sure. I've ha- I've had to make similar decisions. The new Tomb Raider series that I love so much, the third and uh, apparently final installment just came out, and it's just like, I don't have time. I yeah. have so many power moons to still collect. And is that true, though? <laughs> For the third iteration of <laughs> running through this game? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, that's very funny because, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, uh, Jackie sent my, my, my lovely, uh, girlfriend sent me a meme that was one of those, you know, one of those trite kind of hacky memes at this point, which is like the guy looking at the girl and the girl's looking at him. The Mm -hmm. one that's like me something and someone looking at you. And it was, uh, and, and the meme was like, it was the person walking away was, uh, was, video games I've played a thousand times <laughs> and then the guy was me and then the person looking at me was new brand new games <laughs> waiting to be played and I was like yeah that's wow that's kind of true yeah yeah I'd rather turn on I'd rather just play two and a half hours of Parappa the Rapper and just mm-hmm. go through it again than just about anything um uh, is there anything you're particularly excited about anything newsworthy that you wanted to talk about I have a couple of things here but uh, I'd like to st- uh, to hand it off to you if you had anything that you were ex- so stoked about well something I realized uh, in the wake of uh, telltale news yeah that's uh, something we talked a little bit about last week but we didn't really get into so mm-hmm. yeah. I I have been heartbroken over it even it's one of those things you don't know what you have until it's gone right, right? I loved I, I played four of five episodes of that first Telltale Batman game yeah. and loved them. It's and then good. just like you get busy and fall off. And it's just like, I have to go back and play those again. I'm so excited to like pick them up again. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think they've, they've had a lot of sales. I know definitely for PC, they've had a lot of the Telltale games gone on sale. I don't, I don't know if for consoles they have mm. all, if there's been like a massive Telltale. So I haven't seen anything on Switch, but I... I uh, just the fact that they are on Switch again. Like, yeah. That's pretty much any game. Like the moment it hits Switch, that's my go-to. Do you think platform. we're safe that they're not going to go away? No. Yeah, I don't either. I know that there's physical copies, so I feel like I could track one down at a GameStop at some point. But that like... would be optimal if they were to leave, because mm-hmm. those are those are perfect downloadable games. Like, oh I, yeah, it would suck to pay third three dollars for a. <laughs> <laughs> An episode one cartridge of something. I uh, I loved the Batman Walking Dead. Uh, I also was a big fan of the uh, whatever the f- Fables one was. The Wolf Among Us. Wolf Among Us. Yeah, yeah, I played that one too. But I didn't really get into great. the other ones, and I guess I'm part of the problem in that like I, I only really want one choose-your-own-adventure at a time. <laughs> I don't need to be playing several. I mean, I think that's kind of the, the telltale issue, right? Is they right. ballooned up way too fast and put out uh so many games like yeah. it, just, it just felt like every two months you were just like you guys are making a stranger things like I yeah guess. a game of thrones a back to the future a uh fucking guardians of the galaxy they had every giant ip they were like lego right but making no money i suppose uh-huh. and treating their employees badly so bummer Ugh. i you know what i didn't i don't care for though and let it be you know what 
we, I'm gonna here. Well, I'm gonna pump a little bit of of. Uh, I'm gonna pump a little bit of my own horn here. Okay. I uh, if you are a game liker, and you were on the internet saying stuff like, "Oh, I heard Telltale was uh, was treating their employees bad." Glad I never bought one of their games. You're also part of the problem, pal. Okay, because you not supporting what money they did have coming through is not a is not like a a, a a switcheroo for them being treated badly by their employees. That's mm-hmm. not the same thing. Like you, you're still not indulging in those people's creative work. Exactly. That's that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> you're harming Rant them from both over. sides. Rant over. Yeah. Rant over. I mean, come on, give me a break. Uh, <laughs> Um, okay, so I, I have on I, I have uh, on here uh, one word, and one wor- word sits alone in its own row on Microsoft Word. <laughs> it just says Bowsette. Bowsette. Wow. Ooh. What happened? It turns out people were horny for Bowser. <laughs> I want to I want to start a segment that's like a sports a sports segment where we just sit down you and we just and we just go through. A little play-by-play. I'm like, what the hell's going on in culture right now? <laughs> Michael? Rap Sesh with Michael McCaller. Bowsette, what are your thoughts and what's going on? Well, I'm horny. <laughs> I didn't realize how much. Like, there's something. It's the same. Uh, do you remember when the professional wrestler China posed for Playboy in 2000? Yeah, and, it, bro- and, it, and it broke the internet. Yeah. <laughs> People are into strong, powerful women sometimes. And... Bowser is as strong and powerful as they come. Three throws into a bomb to kill him. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot of I, bomb. I do think there is something to be said for like, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a weird thing. Uh, and I'm yeah. happy it happened. I di- totally. I'm happy that the people who are very into this have a meme to uh to jerk off to and totally. whatever whatever they are interested in I'm interested in for them. Right. I I uh I don't get this. I don't get this kind of subculture of rule 34 mm-hmm. uh like just sort of making anything fuckable like mm-hmm. I, it does not it's not a big turn on for me. I do like the Bowsette like I like it being a fun thing but like People are legit horny for it, and it's like mm-hmm. an entire fetish thing. And I'm not trying to fetish shame anyone, but like, I, I it's just one of those things where I look at that, and I'm like, wow, that's like, it's like, uh, it's like an a- alien to mm-hmm. to my brain. Uh, that being said, though, I did jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bowsette, weird. Uh, I feel like Toad, and we've we've sexualized two Mario figures. One mm-hmm. of them's completely made up. Uh, in the last few weeks. Toad's a dick in Bowser. Right. Is a is a fuckable uh tail fire breathing uh peach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it really begs the question of which Mario character do you want to fuck the least? Yeah. And for me And that is a good question and I do want to answer but I want to hear your answer first. <laughs> uh my first thought was Birdo. And agreed, I would not want to fuck Birdo. But the mouth? But that mouth, yeah. yeah. What's that mouth do? I know what it does. Mm-hmm. It shoots eggs. Um, I think, uh, who's the one I want to fuck the least? Yeah. Uh, probably probably Mario himself. Oh, interesting. I'd probably want to fuck Luigi over Mario, because he, he's a little bit more calm mm-hmm. or gentler. And, and like, you feel like he's got stronger legs. <laughs> yeah, he definitely has more, <laughs> like his legs run really fast when he's in the air, you know? 
yeah. Um, I would. I think Mario's up there for me. Really, he's a hero. He's powerful. Yeah, he I seems th- joyful, which is like I don't know. I think that's sexy in this day and age. I, I haven't. I've had enough of powerful men. That's special, pa- especially powerful <laughs> white men. Uh, no, probably a another big one is like like a chain chomp <laughs> would be would be a rough. I I uh, I would definitely not want to f- date a chain shop, but yeah, to fuck a chain shop, yeah. You think so? Oh yeah, yeah. Chain shop would definitely like. Well, they wouldn't leave you because it'd be hard. Because <laughs> I think they can only bounce three times before exploding into uh-huh. a star. <laughs> I think that's probably right. Um, well, they're bound to one location. They're bound to one location, so you don't have to like spend a lot of time thinking of somewhere to take them yeah. because it will be an empty field surrounded by rocks. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, one one subject that I brought up last week that was uh, promptly ruined by Ari Grab. If you're listening, Ari Grab, uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, and I didn't get uh, the quite the response and or conversation piece out of it as I wanted was the PlayStation One Mini, Ooh. which uh, I it's 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 definitely a, a weird topic to bring up. But I but I I want to know uh, a what game would you want on there that you know is not going to be on there? Mm. And B, what game, what's a game that you definitely can see being on there? Um, definitely can see being on there would be Metal Gear Solid. Sure, that sure. feels like the PlayStation game. Yeah. Um, and the PlayStation is considerably less attractive without Metal Gear Solid 1 on the system. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that one, that, it, it defined a generation. Like, yeah. put that on your mini. Right. Um, the game that I know won't be on there that I wish could be on there mm-hmm. uh, is Ape Escape. Did you play Ape Escape? No, I never played it. Ape Escape was the first game that required the DualShock. Right. So just the fact that they are not putting a DualShock in means that game will not be in there. Right. But it, 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 we, we couldn't remember this last week either, and I did not look it up. But when I got – because the DualShock was my first PlayStation I got. Like, the PlayStation 1 that I bought was the DualShock-ready one oh, that okay. had that came with the controllers. They were just controllers. They weren't, like, special systems, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, they were. They were, just, they were just controllers, but at some point they started bundling the system with the right. controllers. So, as far as I could remember, you had to turn the DualShock on, right, with mm-hmm. the button. You still had to do that with the PS2, I think, also. There yeah. was a button in the middle that you had to, like, enable the two joysticks. Yes. And you could, in my memory, you could play any game with either the D-pad or the joystick. Is that wrong? Like, could you, would they, were there some games that you were DualShock only? Ape Escape was for sure. Okay. All right. Uh, I remember having to go out and buy a DualShock. Yeah, because I wanted to like Ape play Escape it. was such a big deal to me. Yeah, that's okay. That that answers that question. Ape Escape is actually like a really great idea, and I'm kind of bummed it didn't like keep going yeah. because it's Mario 64, but all the stars have weird personalities. Oh, like, cool! It's like an interesting idea. And who you, were you playing in Ape Escape? Were yeah, you an ape? You were a a boy. A boy. A boy. I think his name was Spike, and he had like anime hair that was pointing out in all mm-hmm, directions. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason it was like Dual Shock necessary was that like one stick was to move him and the other stick was to use your gadget oh cool so like you would be running up at a monkey and then you'd have to like swipe up if he was in front of you to like swing your net at him very interesting so then that that game definitely needs a dual shock because i think other games i'm thinking of for example like final fantasies metal gear solid even anything mm-hmm. with tank controls you could always use d-pad also yeah be- because you don't need that right thumbstick 
But with a game like that, you need. What are they going to? They're well, just what, literally. How would you substitute yeah. it? Yeah, uh, that's interesting and unfortunate because that means that yeah, it definitely will not be mm-hmm. on there. Because there's no way that they would put a game on there th- and then require you to buy a peripheral to <laughs> use it. I mean, even Sony wouldn't do something like that. Although I do. The thing is about Sony, and he- here's why I'm intrigued by this PlayStation One Mini, is because they're actually a pretty good company when it comes to giving you stuff mm. like bang for your buck like we already know there's only 20 games on this thing but i'm like i could see i'm not holding my breath but i could see them coming out with like oh and here's also an expansion to the playstation one mini like a little you know usb i was, I was kind of yeah. thinking like it feels like a lot of times they will take a nintendo idea and add like one twist better on it yeah uh, and the idea that there would be a PlayStation Mini that you could add games to, or even be like internet enabled, right? Um, I heard the idea flouted that maybe these new games will have trophies. Oh, sure. Or they'll add trophies rather to these old How games. How cool would that be? A, a Metal Gear Solid re-release yeah. with trophies like makes my heart bubble. And if they were all like, they don't have to HD remake any of the games, but as long as they like uh, were all upscaled to mm-hmm. at least 720 then it would at least look as good as it looks when I emulate it on my TV, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever emulated a PlayStation before, but what ends up happening is because you're emulating it at 720, the ROM, mm-hmm. and then you're going HDMI into your TV, it looks as beautiful as it could possibly look. Mm. It looks great. It looks better than when they... It looks comparable to upscaling on like a PlayStation 4. Mm. It Like... It, you couldn't get this look from a PlayStation one or mm-hmm. a two or maybe a three. Interesting. Yeah. It, they look great. Like they look beautiful and you can even, uh, you can even boost them. Uh, you can, like overclock your computer and like boost them higher than that too. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping they do something like that where it like looks like at least like the colors are bright and pop and yeah. it's, it doesn't like look like what a PlayStation would look like if you hooked it up right now, mm-hmm. which would be an AV out. Yeah. Uh, here's a question. Does it make it look like, do you notice it and think it looks good or does it just kind of look like you remember it? And then if you see it the way it actually was back then, you're just disgusted. Like, does it bring it back to the median or does it go above and beyond above and beyond for certain stuff? Certain stuff is never, I think is never going to age great. Like, like, uh, like for example, like like Mario sixty four, for example, if you if you emu- if you emulate that ROM, I'm like, what is like, it's just so illegal what we're talking about. If you emulate that ROM, uh, it looks fucking gorgeous. Like even even the original N sixty four ROM, just upscaled into seven twenty out. Mm-hmm. Like, because what it's doing is essentially it's just like it's just like sharpening all the edges and making all the colors just like boost, like where they would look just dimmer and faded and mm. yeah on a uh on like a crt tv with like an av out but if you yeah so so certain games like again like parappa the rapper is a good example because that's a cartoon you're just mm. playing a cartoon that looks beautiful it would, it would look not bad on a ps1 anyway but then but some games like for example donkey kong 64 uh it has a tougher time because the way the game was designed to begin with it just they like, had a lot they could hide. I feel like with those blocky exactly graphics. like and it just and and it's still hard to tell what things are and stuff. You can literally see the paths where like you yes. can clip through the walls. Yes, yeah. Uh, it, in fact, sometimes when you upscale something, it looks worse. Which, uh, but you know, like it, it, the same principle applies to like the SNES and NES Mini. Like when you know when you like play that, it looks better than you've ever seen mm-hmm. it on a Super Nintendo because it's just H. 
it's HTMI, HDMI. So you're like, whoa, like mm-hmm. this looks crisp, and these yeah. like sprites look beautiful. They have like these all these hard edges and stuff. Um, so yeah, I I think there are like I think like Metal Gear Solid would look great. Um, I've played like for example Mega Man Legends, which that that is sure. that's a good pick for me like as a game that like I don't think is going to be on there, but I would love if mm-hmm. it was on there. Mega Man Legends one and two, those are like playing cartoons and they look beautiful when you play them now then i don't remember i'm looking that great but like now it's like oh wow mm. like looks looks really good um yeah i uh what was the one that you think for sure will be on there that uh, i mean it's necessary i think for sure they are gonna put uh uh castlevania symphony of the night oh yeah on there i don't know what the playstation is without three games uh, symphony of the night metal gear solid and the series we're going to talk about in our main event, Resident Evil One and Two, uh, but with yeah, without those three games, and I and I and I actually think they might put both Resident Evil One and Two. That would be so great. I and don't one. think they're going to put three on there. They yeah, that would make sense. But but they also could do that. Here's, here's they could actually put two and three on there, mm. and I would be just as happy as if they put one and two on there. What do you think about, like, the like Gran Turismo, I know, is the big example. Like, 2 is objectively the best Gran Turismo. Yeah. And that's the one on the PS1, right? Yeah. Well, they were both on. Uh, 1, 2, and then was 3? Three, 3 is PS2. PS2. That was like a launch PS2 title. So, yeah. 2 is objectively the better game. Right. But it would feel so weird to me to only have Gran Turismo 2. And not 1? Yeah. Oh, it's like, yeah. It feels like you're skipping 1. So, it's like... Resident Evil 2 was definitely, like, the more popular game sure. and certainly still plays better to this day, I would argue. Yeah. Um, but, like, I would rather have Resident Evil 1 than Resident Evil 2 and 3. Oh, That's Because really? Resident Evil 1 feels like the start you're of laying something. the starting base down. Yeah. Like, it is weird when they put, like, like the NES Classic, for example, has Mega Man 2, right? Does it? It's Mega Man 2 and not Mega Man 1 or any other Mega Man. Yeah. And, uh... And like, and they and they have Castlevania one and Simon's Quest two on there, but they don't have three, which mm. was a which was probably the best Castlevania of sure. three on NES. Um, there's a lot of stuff like that where like decisions get made, and I feel like they're going like, what was the quintessential of the thing on the system? Right. And I think we could, I think we might differ on this, although we might not. But I think the quintessential Resident Evil on PS one was two. I would agree. Okay. Because I think one was, it all got kicked off, but two was like a system seller. Mm-hmm. It was like so impressive. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like three did, wasn't as impressive as two mm-hmm. to me. Um, in, in my, in my like teenager memory, you know, three is weird in that it like, it definitely is a side story. Like it started development as a side story and they were like, Oh shit, we should make this Resident Evil 3. It's like clearly yeah. not Resident Evil 3. Yeah. So I think yeah, so like when there when there is a, a thing like that was like a series of games like like I agree with the Tekken uh choice. It's Tekken 3 they're putting okay. on there and not Tekken 1 and 2. And it's like, yeah, put on the one that was the mm-hmm. like the last one that was like has all the characters and is like what they should do is for one of the 20 entries should be Tekken and you should click on that and then the three games just pop down it's yeah. like a pull down yeah. menu like yeah and that counts as one game yeah that should yeah you're Hurry. absolutely right <laughs> <There's> <laughs> they're, no... they're 0.01 yeah. megs like they're... just 
throw it yeah, all on they're there. They're not selling Tekken 1 again anywhere. So yeah. there's no reason to not just throw it on, on the thing. I mean... It's Grant, literally Control-C, Control-V to yeah. put... <laughs> All yeah. of the Tekken games. You're not wrong, and that's a good point. And like, and like, uh, same thing goes with like the Final, Fa- like they're putting Final Fantasy VII on the system. But if they don't put Final Fantasy VIII and IX on there, I mean, I could see them not doing that. But they better put Final Fantasy Tactics on there at least. Like that game was like not like Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. not in the same genre wheelhouse, and better arguably than and holds up better than the yeah. rest of those games and like where does that game get sold where yeah. where are they missing out on opportunities by just popping it on yeah i th- I mean i do get like the confusion uh, and i think it, we'll just have to see it, the confusion of the ps1 mini i think is so fun because it is like why kind of are they doing it like all these games they're selling on that are uh, that are like up with trophies on the PS Store, mm-hmm. like you can get Final Fantasy VII right now. Hasn't PlayStation Four not gotten PS One games yet? Is that the case? So they don't like you know how the PS Three had the PS One library mm-hmm. kind of where they it was like it was it wasn't every PS One game but it was like like a ton. PS Four they select PS One games have been slowly coming to mm. it, but it's like special events, right? So like Final Fantasy Seven VII and Nine got a HD kind of upscale and uh, new stuff added to them Mm. and then released so they could sell it for like 20 bucks Mm. uh, a game. Um, It's like given PS2 game kind of treatment. Uh, A a good example of like uh, how I'm not quite sure who the PS1 mini is for and why they're doing it is like Symphony of the Night better be on there, right? But they did just release Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood uh, it's coming out October 2nd for the PS4 HD remakes of them Oh, uh, with trophy support bundled together, and I pre-ordered it. Yeah, that's great. So I'm not going to play the PS1 mini <laughs> version of it. Like when that comes out yeah. in December, I'm going to get my Symphony of the Night on like in a couple weeks. Sure. So what? You know, it's like. It doesn't really make. It, I I don't know who the, what what they're gonna possibly do. Do you think there would be a huge difference in sales if they just didn't have any games on it at all? If they were just like, it's like a cool statue for your room. I've often said that like I would buy these if they were statues, not for a hundred dollars, but I would buy them eighty five. Yeah, I would buy. This is so. This is how sad and in love with video game stuff I am. I would buy a brand new PS One controller knowing very well I have nothing to plug it into. Oh, sure. But just to have, you know, because, like, that's one thing that those mini consoles, they don't, you can't, you just can't replicate that. Is like, I got to hold a brand new SNES controller for the first time in 25 years. Like, untouched, no fingerprints, no smudging, no, like, let lag on the buttons like they were all like no crisp. smokers yellow yes all over it yes i got i got to uh hold and like that feeling is like oh i'll chase that feeling mm-hmm. forever so That's they've got they've got when... my money but i get why other people who don't have nostalgia wouldn't do it sure like can you imagine holding a brand new never been touched you open it you smell it a brand new n64 controller where the joystick isn't fucked already. Like oh. it's like it's like springy and it's like new. Oh baby. Dude, you get one 
you get one Mario Kart 64 run with that controller before it's ruined. Like, <laughs> and somehow there's like powder coming yes, from it. Yes, and there's like crust inside of the joystick thing. Oh, dude, gross. Uh, That's gonna be the first one I remember. Like, I don't think I ever got a new. Like, I feel like I only bought used Super Nintendos. Yeah. But like N64, I did buy a new controller and open the box. So like doing oh, that again, dude. I'm gonna remember it. Yes. Like, yes. And I think we're all like. Ugh. Really looking forward to that mini. Also, the Game Boy Mini. I, I mean, that's just a rumor, but a Game Boy Mini would be. I would probably skip a Game Boy Mini. If it was okay, here's here's my here's my pitch for the Game Boy Mini. It is thirty, maybe even more than that. Games mm-hmm. comes on it, right? And it's a Game Boy plus a Game Boy Color. It's like bo- it's like a mini for both, mm-hmm. and it has a ton of different game. It has all the greats on it. And you can toggle between Game Boy Color and that gross green, <laughs> like how you would play a regular Game Boy yeah. game. Uh, and it's got like Super Mario Land 1, Super Mario Land 2, uh, Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. Pokemon. It's got like all of the great. Uh, and it just never, and the battery never runs out. And mm-hmm. I just, and I. And then I kill myself because my life is complete after that. <laughs> I have nothing to look forward to. We just find your skeleton yeah. holding a Game Boy Mini. <laughs> and I'm just like, this was it. Like, I'm just <laughs> pointing. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I would definitely. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to say, I'll buy any, every Mini. Right. Every Mini console that comes out, it, if, they are, if they are made by the uh, company that's hosting them. So no, none of these Sega Genesis Minis that are made by, like, third-party manufacturers that would put you, their own logo on it. Would you get a Sega uh, Saturn Mini? If Sega made it. Yeah. yeah. And they came out with Sega, if it was like Sega Saturn controllers and everything, yeah. yeah. If the hardware was all there, yeah. That would be cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, Honestly, I, the only Sega Saturn <laughs> game I ever really wanted was Resident <laughs> Evil. They like ported into it and I just thought that would be, like at the time that was cheaper than a PlayStation 1. It was a Code Veronica, right? No, that was Dreamcast. Oh. Sega Saturn got the original Resident Evil. That's so And funny. then they were making... Resident Evil 2 port, and they Sorry. canceled it. Saturn was the PlayStation 1 era Sega. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they yeah I, I remember Knights being something I wanted, and then that was it. That mm-hmm. was really, like, the only thing I, I, I knew about. Now I know that there were other cool games for it. Yeah, but, presumably. I mean, yeah, in theory there were. Uh, but... Uh, nights I was all of, I, w- I was really like oh I wish I had that plus I was a Sega like I never had a Sega so I, I mm. kept seeing it in the store and of course the thing you don't have is the thing you want feels mysterious yeah the Saturn dude I, I would th- I would do a Saturn Mini in a heartbeat because then I would get to experience like what at least what they thought was their best mm-hmm. games and uh, yeah the, the the trick with me is like if the hardware is there uh, then just throw I can throw I can throw ROMs on it it doesn't matter <laughs> like uh, just give me that. Give me that sweet Sega Genesis uh, controller for the first time. I got. I have a Neo Geo Mini coming. Mm. Oh yeah, it's coming in a couple weeks. Yeah, dude. So get ready because we're gonna play a lot of Neo Geo okay. coming up. Because I got not just the Neo Geo Mini, but I got two controllers coming oh, too wow. for it. And they those like giant controllers? No, no, no. They look like uh, they're it's they're bizarre. And I've uh, apparently this was a real thing that happened in our childhood that we just don't know about because it wasn't didn't sell or it was too expensive, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, they look like here. I'll show you a picture. But they look like they're, they're like rectangular kind of like ovals, and uh, uh, 
they have joysticks instead of D-pads and four buttons. Like, they look almost like a Super Nintendo controller, but with a joystick. They look like that. Oh, weird. Yeah. So you, but, and the reason why they have joysticks on them is because none of the games are like traditional 2D platformers. They all mostly require like you to go within spaces. Like, so a lot of them are like, uh, shoot, uh, shoot them up. So it's like, it's like you're on the plane and you're like shooting. Okay. So it's like all arcade style games. The, the Neo Geo home console was just the extension of the arcade cabinets in home. Wow. So that's why the Neo Geo comes with 40 games, but 25 of them are fighting games. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there were a ton of, like, King of Fighters 98. Yep. King of Fighters 98. All, the, all the King of Fighter games are, are on uh, the Neo Geo Mini, and all the Metal Slug games are on the Neo, oh, Neo yeah. Geo Mini. And that's going to be a blast. That sounds cool. Uh, again, you know, if, if you wanted the most optimal way to play these, you'd buy them on the Switch because they're all on the <laughs> Switch. Uh, but we're not about optimal optimization here mm-hmm. we're about uh nostalgia and <laughs> and getting conned <laughs> filling whatever hole has been left <laughs> by coming into it filling adulthood. the hole our dad's left with neo geo controllers so if he was in the room he'd be even more disappointed than he obviously was when we were kids uh great uh so that ra- about wraps up the news other than of course the uh the biggest thing that happened uh, <laughs> and we know that we're burying the lead on this but because of uh, uh, such, such, so much, so much morbid, triggering, nightmare, darkness that has sort of been happening in the news. A little something came out that we'll all remember in perpetuity <laughs> for the rest of our lives, and uh, you might recognize this because you literally wrote about it. Mm. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the good stuff. Is this not the most powerful thing you've seen in a long time? I put it on repeat. <laughs> and I finally called my student loan advisor. <laughs> like, I felt powerful enough to get done things in my life. It has no business being this good. Oh, just beautiful. <laughs> if you haven't seen the video to Zendaya's Michi, you've got to watch it because it will, uh, you'll lose your damn mind. <laughs> All right, so we're going to hear a word from our sponsors before we get into the main event of our show. <clears throat> we here at Whole Foods pride ourselves on giving you the highest quality organic health products at a reasonable cost. Now for a limited time, we will be carrying red herbs in our wellness section. And let's just say, they are not selling. Green herbs? Going like gangbusters. Even blue herbs have found a market. So now all red herbs are going to be handed to you upon checkout. What you do? Uh, what do you do with a red herb, you might ask? Well, you have to mix it with a green herb. Do not eat red herbs by themselves. You will die. And that was from Whole Foods. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we're getting some pretty good uh, sponsors. That was great. Late. They're a giant chain. Yeah, because uh, you know it's it's always weird when you listen to a a, a, sh- a radio program and their and their sponsors like Home Depot. You're like, how did you get Home Depot? Right. Most other radio programs have Audible.com <laughs> or uh, Casper mattresses. You know, internet companies. Internet companies Once you that cross are into the real fake world. and are not offering anything mm-hmm. for real. 
uh, Blue Apron. Um, but yeah, this one. Uh, what if you ordered Blue Apron and they ju- it ju- all red herbs just came in your box? Well, what's great about red herbs is you literally can't use them without a green herb. Just like you go into your menu and select use and nothing happens. It yeah. Goes, dunk, dunk. Can you imagine if that was real life and like you saw red herb and you just kept trying to shove it in your mouth and it just wouldn't? <laughs> you were hearing that dunk, 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 dunk. It like wouldn't go in your mouth somehow. Like there was like a weird force field keeping it out. That is kind of the sound my mind makes <laughs> when I'm like holding bleach and it's like, should I drink it? And dunk. it's like, dunk, yeah, dunk. dunk. Uh, as it should, dear friend. Uh, as it should. All right. So. Uh, uh, Michael decided to co-author this program with me today because today we are talking about Resident Evil, one of the finest video game series of all time, uh, specifically 1, 2, and 3. And our reasoning behind this is... There is a lot of big shifts in the Resident Evil series, and the biggest, obviously, is from Resident Evil 3 to Resident Evil 4. Um, they almost become a different series mm-hmm. at various points. Yeah. Uh, and, they, and, 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 I, and I also want to note that they both sort of uh, f- grand, uh, like, like um, they, what, what am I trying to say? They both, like, authored a new type of game, mm. kind of, with both of them. Like, totally. Like, uh, there were games that probably did either thing before, especially, like, when you talk about Resident Evil 4 and PC, there probably were, like, third-person shooters mm-hmm. like that on PC, maybe? But I don't remember a console third-person shooter being like that. Right. It does feel like that, like, over-the-shoulder camera that Resident Evil 4 introduced became, like, the way you made video games for at least, like, the PlayStation 3 era. Yeah, there's no Gears of War without Resident Evil 4. There's no – a lot of games without Resident Evil 4. I would say all the games that came out on the PS3 for Mm -hmm. the most part. I mean, there's no Uncharted. There's no – there's a lot – nothing – a lot of things don't exist without uh, Res 4. But Res uh, 1 – and two and three had the tank controls, which Ooh. are like uh, a big staple of that era and the era immediately after mm-hmm. the, in the in the uh, PS2. Um, can I can I defend tank controls for a second? Sure. I feel everybody hates them, right. and I don't. I mean, I remember the first time I played Resident Evil One, just being like, "How do I jump?" Like, just not thinking mm-hmm. about the way that game works. But like. Yes, it was part of a technical limitation, mm-hmm. but the idea that you couldn't control your character freely is sort of how you would react in a zombie situation. It's yeah. not like you would be able to, like, Mario side flip away from a zombie. You would be that that uh, stuck in them. Yeah. Like, it should be... Like, they, they used their uh, technical limitations to tell a story with the very way you are doing it. In yeah. the way that, like... I would almost argue Celeste is doing now. Sure, right? sure. That's very yeah. That's that uh, that's astute, and I think it's very like uh, it's 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 practical the way that tank controls work, right? Because like you can't possibly use a D pad to have all of the mobility that like a joystick mm-hmm. eventually offers you. And I would offer, I would, I would actually like wager that like it's still weird until they have a joystick covering the camera. So like until they have two, mm-hmm. it's still weird. You know totally. what I mean? So I guess uh, for me, you don't have to defend tank controls to me. Cause I actually like tank control. Games. Oh, good. I think that they're like, uh, like I think eternal darkness is another mm-hmm. one that was like that. Uh, Silent Hill obviously had tank controls. Uh, I think for the, the, definitely the first one, um, any game. Yeah. Where you, where to turn, you have to stop dead in your tracks for the <laughs> most part, uh, is, uh, is, is fine by me. It, it definitely, 
I would say I'm glad. I would play a new game that had tank controls today as a throwback, but I'm glad that we're out of the tank control era mm -hmm. only because hopefully we're finding better and bigger ways mm -hmm. to to cause the player tension other than I can't control my <laughs> character right now. You well, know? like if a new game came out with tank controls today, it would be like a specific choice as opposed to this is all we can do in 3D space with a D-pad. Right. Yeah. So th I think that would be very cool. And there were a ton of people when the Resident Evil 2 remake was announced that were upset. Yeah. That they weren't tank controls. And it's oh, like, oh yeah, w w it's hard to expect that yeah. <laughs> from a game with any sort of budget. In 2018, but well, I would say that that choice is interesting, and this is all before we get into like what what the episode will definitely be called is Resident Evil and its crazy timeline, right? Uh huh. But uh, I will say that as far as Resident Evil 2 HD remake is concerned, I guess because I haven't played a lot of survival horror games that have come out in the current gen, I don't know how they're going to handle because those tank controls work very well in the environments that resident evil 2 had to offer right mm -hmm. like how are you going to swing a camera around in those tight narrow hallways and in those little offices and stuff like the fact is, is that resident evil 2's playground was one-to-one -one realistic with like human beings so mm. how do you swing a camera around in a hallway like that yeah you know what i mean like that doesn't Tank controls almost benefited. A fixed camera, I'm sorry, almost benefited in those games. Mm -hmm. How do you think it's going to look? I think it's over the shoulder. You're, you're saying oh, in, in the remake? so you don't control a camera. You just are running I around. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I think it's going to be like Resident Evil 4, where it's just like always like adhered to your ass. Right. Like but he, but, but Resident Evil 4, though, even over the shoulder had... It wasn't just Corridor City. You were out in the open a lot. Right. Yeah. So I guess still the question still remains, though, is like, is, I mean, they can do whatever they want. They can actually utilize horror probably in a very effective way still. But I am I guess I'm just wondering how those environments are going to be presented to you in a way if, it's, if you're always seeing what's in front of you. Yeah. I kind of like the idea that, again, you are mirroring the character's vision. Right, it's always such a weird thing in like a stealth video game where you're pressed up against the the wall and the camera is still showing you what's around yes, the wall. Yes, like the idea that you could only see forward in the same way that Leon could only see forward is yeah. kind of like puts you in the eyes of that character. Sure. I think that's like an interesting way to try yeah. and do a corridor. I like I like uh, I've been playing a lot of Spider Man and I like the way that Spider Man handles like. Why, how can the character see this? It's like in the in Spider-Man logic, like he has spider, spider sense. sense. So even if he's facing a completely different direction, <laughs> he can like tell. And like Batman had the same thing oh, in yeah. the Arkham movies where it's like, it's like he knows what's going on. Uh-huh. So fun. Um, great. Okay. So let's get into this like crazy timeline. Now, this is going to sound, well, I'm sorry, quickly before we get into it, let's do a quick history of like ourselves with the Resident Evil series. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, I guess I'll go first because I think your history with it is going to be far more compelling. Uh, I uh, watched my friend's older cousin, me and my friend just sat there like two seven-year-olds <laughs> and watched my friend and watched my friend's older cousin play through Resident Evil two or one almost in its entirety. Ooh. Like we just sat there with our eyes glued to him playing it. Watching him just die over and over <laughs> and over, but you couldn't you couldn't get us to leave. Like we ate dinner watching it happen, 
uh, because we were so mesmerized. At the time, nothing looked better than Resident Evil 1. It felt like also I was watching something I shouldn't be watching. Oh, sure. It was so hyper-violent and like gruesome. Uh, and I remember like the opening that now lives in infamy as like the worst opening ever. Uh, and we're not talking the director's cut opening. We're talking like the pre-director's cut, like the uh-huh. very first Resident Evil uh, opening where it's like real people trying to do real acting and stuff. Uh, it's so censored that it just, it doesn't make sense. It's just crazy. <laughs> like it's they, just We crazy. don't understand what the characters are reacting to. <laughs> it's so fucking crazy. And uh, yeah, so that, that, and I just remember being so excited that one day I might have a PlayStation to like play that. And I just remember like begging my mom relentlessly. Mm-hmm. And when I finally got a PlayStation 1, guess what? I was not allowed to play under any circumstance. Parappa the Rapper. Yep. So, yeah, disappointing. But, um, of, of course, eventually I would uh, I would get my hands on uh, Resident Evil 1. Uh, I, 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 by that time, 2 had come out. And, and, and then the race, we were kind of off to the races with, with Resident Evil. 2 was my game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only one I've beaten. Oh really? Actually, yeah, all the way through. Uh, so that's 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 my history. Is I, I saw it as a kid. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what about you? Uh, I had a similar history in that I was a kid and didn't quite understand. I remember there was a commercial for it that was airing a lot for Resident Evil Two specifically. And in the commercial, there's a scene in the game where you're re- you're uh, you're Leon, you're on a train, and a, a giant red monster hand bursts yeah. through the ceiling, and I re- like that image was burned in my head and a friend of mine like in the neighborhood his parents were split up and so his mom lived like across the street from me but his dad lived across town but he owned like his own like uh mom and pop used video game store sure so we had a sleepover in a used video game store this is insane this doesn't sound like real it's incredible like they're all open so we literally have any video game we ever wanted to play and so I remember the car ride over, like he came and picked up my friend and then also me and a couple of other friends and his dad was driving. He was just like, what video game do you want to play? We have them all. And I, I just went like, what's the game with the, um, the red monster hand coming through? And he was like, oh, that's the one game you can't play because I'm playing that. Oh, that's <laughs> like, great. Yeah, yeah. He I was like playing that. Resident yeah. Evil 2. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of this cool like entrance into adult world, yeah. which was like kind of exciting. But he what let was us play the right- train scene? Is that, for, is that towards the end of Resident Evil Two? There was, uh, I think it was actually like a tram. There was like oh. one little tram that took you from one section of the game to the other, and it's the only time you ride it. Yeah. Uh, if you are playing Claire's scenario, you just go and click a button on the tram, and then and then she's arrive. just there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Leon gets this cool little moment where a, a monster claw nice. pokes down, and Ada, they're just like shooting her pistol at it. And if you're a, a noob, you shoot at it too. Yeah. But if you know what you're doing, you save your ammo. Of it, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, good. it was very much like he gave us Resident Evil 1 to play. Oh, wow. And yeah. so we just played it, and it was so hard, and we couldn't wrap our head around it. Yeah. And it's still like I remember like collecting a blue jewel and just going up to doors and clicking use over and over. I was like, how would a jewel help? It was so unintuitive yeah. <laughs> how, how these yeah. things fit together. And, and then you find a tiger statue, and you're like, oh, cool, I got it. And then it gave you like 
uh, magnum bullets, and you're like, this is cool. I still don't know where to go. I feel yeah. like I was stuck that whole. That game. is like that is such a great point. That is the era of getting a what you think is a key to going farther in the game, and it gives you something stupid, but it took you an hour to like figure out what that key did. Yeah. Uh, it's weird because now when you play it, because uh, you're better at video games mm. and you get video game design better, you kind of like can fill in the blanks where the game developers maybe... Well, it's early for game development at that point, so they just didn't... The games weren't developed as well right. as they are now. So You almost learn like the language that yes, they speak. Yes, exactly. Like. You're like, I bet I have to go backwards mm-hmm. now. Like... Whereas before you were just like, I just remember running at walls forever. Just being like, is there a trick wall here? Like I I surely don't go back Mm -hmm. and find anything, you know, Uh the idea of like a Metroidvania to me, I didn't understand until I was much older. Mm. So yeah, it does feel like, yeah, video games were left to right. And then the moment they sent you back, it was like, I, I, I do, this is very off topic, but I do remember the second NES game that my family ever got was like Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. And in that game, you had to like go from, le- we, like, we had Mario Brothers, so we we're like, yeah, left to right, got it. And in that game, you go from left to right, and then you run into a pipe, and you're supposed to like jump up and go left like to yeah. get around the maze. Yeah. And we just thought the game was broken. Yeah. We were just like, I can't go through this wall, and we called Nintendo. <laughs> they were like, That's uh, awesome. go up. Yeah. Poor, good, hey. What a what a what a what a band of hearts that Nintendo uh, that Nintendo phone line yeah, was that they had somebody there for me. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, okay, great. So, uh, but then I also wanted to mention that you are a Resident Evil Two speedrunner of sorts. Yeah, it is definitely a goal of yours. Yeah, I yeah. never uh, like twitched it or anything, right. but uh, I played it with this same friend whose dad owned the video game store. Right. We, I would play Claire A, he would play Leon B, yeah. and we just played it over and over mm-hmm. and slowly figured out like, oh, we don't need a gun for the first half of this game. Yes. <laughs> like The yeah. first time you get to a box, you drop out the gun and slowly realizing like, once I get the valve handle, I'll just keep that in my inventory the whole time. Yes, because you, you use that so much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you use yeah. it twice, yeah. but you always forget about it. Right. It's, it's like just far enough away that we were just like, let's never forget it again. Let's yes. just always have it in our inventory. That's like early speed running for kids. Yeah, we yeah. were routing. We, <laughs> we were yeah. figuring out like, oh, you can just skip this room. And like, and, and Resident Evil kind of encouraged it in that there were like, uh, like there's a library in Resident Evil 2 where you can go in it once and then the next time you go in it, it triggers a bunch of zombies to come into this one hallway that you go through all the time. Yeah. So we were just like, let's just go through it the one time we need to and not go back. Let's plan a route so we can yeah. not ever have to deal with those zombies. Yeah. And we were figuring out the quickest way to get through this game. I feel like that also might be an optimal game to do that with, too. It's like, yeah, I mean, other than like just like getting so good at Mario 64 that you just end up knowing how to like clip through stuff and just mm-hmm. like what to avoid and how to get the shortest routes together. I feel like at some point I, I, at some point I was on the path to a N64 uh, to a Mario 64 speedrunner mm. because I, I was so like, I, I was playing it so much over and over and over again that mm. I was getting like that thing where you were just never running. You were always just skipping. Yeah. Right. Uh, but then you just you get all the stars and then you're like I'm done. Yeah. Because you don't you don't think like I'm just gonna I'm gonna do this the fastest. That's never like a. Oh yeah. Uh, but um, it so is it is much funner to go back <laughs> to a game after you've watched a bunch of speed runs. Yeah. So like Mario sixty four, there are a bunch of stars that I know I used to get them the way the game intended me to mm-hmm. do it, but now I'm like 
No, I know to side flip and wall kick here. Yes. I can get it instantly. Yep. All right. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm freshened up for this uh <laughs> this nightmare. <laughs> uh literal nightmare and figurative nightmare. Resident Evil is uh you might you might sum it up as in one sentence the tale of a nightmare, <laughs> uh, in, in both structure and in content. I sure. feel like the content is terrifying, but also its way of telling a story is the most frightening. Nonsense. Spoiler: that's the most frightening <laughs> of uh, Resident Evil is how they choose to tell their story. Um, and and here's the thing that I think is amazing about this timeline is it's actually pretty good until two's over yes and then we go bananas <laughs> uh so let's well, each one has its big timeline question yeah and i say that like that actually might not be fair because one is bananas also uh-huh. like so uh let's go through it so uh resident evil one march 22nd 1996 now is that the american release Yes. Okay. So uh, originally in Japan, it was called Biohazard. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. Which is cool because RE7 ends up coming out with yeah. the tagline Biohazard, which is a reference to what it was. Now, it's based off of a film, right? Or it's based off of an. Yeah. It's based off of an older game or something? It started development as a follow up to a game called Sweet Home. Yes. Sweet Home, which was based on a movie. Is that or am I completely off? I don't know. I don't know yeah. much about Sweet Home. Sweet it Home. Yeah. Very, it feels. It certainly feels Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it. But it takes. I love that it takes place in July twenty fourth, nineteen ninety eight. As if like the two years really. That's exactly matter. my timeline question. Why did that choice get made? Yeah. If you're gonna set it in like twenty seventy seven, yep. because you can't wrap your head around the idea yeah. that Umbrella could get the technology to yep. make zombies yet. There's a really funny Castlevania timeline jump where they go to twenty thirty five, and I'm <laughs> like, that's just that's coming up. Uh-huh. That's soon. Uh, so uh, yeah, it takes place in uh, July twenty fourth, nineteen ninety eight. Stars Alpha Team is sent into the woods to look for Stars Bravo Team. Uh, do we? <laughs> We just pick apart every part of the timeline because it's good. very funny. Like, why does Bravo go first? Alpha, that's not how the alphabet works. <laughs> it does feel like they were like, this is probably a shitty problem and we'll send our shitty people. Sure. Does, now, Bravo is not Jill and Chris. That's Alpha. Right. That's that is confusing because I, I in my in my weird uh what's what's it called the Mandela effect mm-hmm. of it it it's it's they are the Bravo team and Alpha team was the one we we're looking for. Oh, interesting. So that's 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 interesting. Okay, so they end up in the big old mansion. Uh, now let's 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 go through it again. Who is the team that goes first? Right. That is the Stars Bravo team. Stars Bravo. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not the team who goes first because we meet them throughout the game, kind mm. of. And we hear about them. Who's the team that we meet in the beginning of the game? It's the Alpha team. The Alpha team. So it's Jill, Chris, Barry, Albert. Yes. Now, now we see them again and again and again throughout the team, throughout the game. But there's a few other people, mm-hmm. right? We get we get little friends. <laughs> <laughs> so who's the pilot? The pilot, Brad Vickers. Brad Vickers. Yeah. Uh, he, I believe, is on the Alpha team. He's their pilot, but he is a coward. And that will be his defining character trait yeah. throughout the series. We see him yeah. a lot, and he's always running scared. Running away, yeah. Because what happens is they land a helicopter in in like the woods. Mm-hmm. Wolves come, or dogs, 
And he flies away? Yeah. They're just like, no, don't go. But yeah. he's gone. Yeah. And then there's who else is with them at the time? Uh, Initially, it's those four. Okay. So it's, it's it, there's, I, I remember somebody named Carlos, but that might be later or a different game. Carlos is three. Three. Okay, good. Uh, so forget that. So it's just those four. And so they all, they all run and they somehow find a mansion uh-huh. in the woods and they run there and they are, they stay together all but one. Chris separates. Mm-hmm. Well, it's again, this is like depending on which character you're playing as. Oh. So if you get there with Jill, Chris goes missing. <laughs> and if you get there with Chris, Barry goes missing. Right. But in the HD remake, Chris, doesn't he have a different starting point? Or does he end up in the mansion too? Also? I think they I think they both start out okay. in For some reason I remember hall. I remember Chris starting out in like a garden or something, but maybe he just gets access to a garden early. That weird that, that weird tomb area where Oh, in the H D remake? Yes. Both of them get there pretty fast. Great. Okay, perfect. Uh so uh they end up in a big old mansion. Umbrella turned a mansion into a lab. Uh <laughs> that's something we'll find out much later, but it, it we get clues of throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Chris meets uh Rebecca. Jill chills with Barry. <laughs> so Rebecca Chambers. Um, now we didn't include Zero in this timeline. Oh yeah, we could have, but I think that we are mostly on the same page that that is kind of an embarrassment to the timeline. It it's an embarrassment in any way you can think about it. But like right. it's, it's spe- spe- specifically in terms of the timeline. Yeah, Rebecca Chambers. When you meet her in Resident <laughs> Evil One. She is, uh, she's Chris's partner. She's a member of the Bravo team. She's yes. the first team that went in. She's like yes. their medic. And she's a young girl. And I love the choice. Uh, I love Rebecca Chambers as a choice in the first game because you feel scared for her. Yeah. Like, and they would double down on it in two by bringing in the kid, mm-hmm. the child. Uh, what's her Sherry. name? Sherry. Uh, but, but I just remember like having almost hallucinogenic fear of for Rebecca's life because really? she would they would send she would go on her own and you're like I'm this scared yeah and I'm a giant muscle boy yeah like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that was the thing is she just seemed like a teen like right. a lost teen and she's young she's very mm-hmm. young so uh so she if, if we're going with Resident Evil Zero like when we meet her she's this like, naive she's just like well, Let's keep it to when we meet her. Let's briefly maybe talk about Resident Evil Zero. Yeah. Yeah. So it it came out much later for the GameCube. Takes place technically before the first game. It's this whole adventure that Rebecca Chambers goes on with like this escaped convict. It's a co-op Resident Evil game. Mm -hmm. The idea that she goes on this whole puzzle Latin (laughs) monster fight (laughs) and then she meets Chris and she's just like, I don't know what's going on. Like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't jive. Right. It, it like retcons a lot of the continuity of Rebecca Chambers. And it also takes a lot of, like, if I knew that as a kid, that she'd gone on this whole zero adventure, I'd be like, oh, she's fine. She yeah. Her, yeah <laughs> she, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, who cares? She found a grappling hook and got yeah. to the top of a train. Like, yeah. She'll be set. But in, in one, she just looks like this ghostly, ghoulish teen who's like kind of wandering around, who's, whose friends all died. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? She's like, it's like scary. Uh, there's a real visceral fear to the first game, and especially the PS1 version. Like, the HD remake captures it pretty well, mm-hmm. but I think the low fidelity of the PS1 
also your imagination went a little wild. Like yeah. it did for me anyways as a kid where I imagined things happening a lot in that game. Mm. Like especially screams that would happen off screen. Two would have the same thing for yeah. me where like especially when you get towards the mayor's office in two, which we'll get to. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so Rebecca, she... Yeah, so uh, well, a couple of the things that make the make zero an, an embarrassment is, well, the story is anime bananas uh-huh. for the most part, uh, and uh, which is very much like a later Resident Evil trend, and kind of starts here. You see the groundwork for it here, mm-hmm. especially with Wesker. Well, here's Wesker the th- is an anime villain for death, sure. Wesker, I think, was just a regular man. And I think he died in the PlayStation 1, mm-hmm. and then they later would retcon, like, uh, he came back because he had monster powers, yeah. and then he became this, like, world domination karate Waha. master. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I think him and Leon have a pretty cool karate fight in 4. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think, okay, so uh, Billy is the other character in Zero. Mm-hmm. So he's an ex- escaped convict. Yes. With a with like the worst haircut I've ever seen on a human oh, yeah. being. That like it's like a mullet pretty but much. But it's also combed back. It's also combed back, yeah. In in typical Resident Evil fashion, like as long as they comb their hair back and when it's short, I'm down. <laughs> but when it's like that greasy long kind of but like not quite shoulder length yet, uh that's a weird gripe, but it also adds a brand new mansion. <laughs> so it turns out there's two mansions in the same woods. Yeah. And and they're neighbors, and they're used for completely different things. Uh, and it is funny that at the end of Zero, like, Rebecca is standing on top of a ridge, and she sees our mansion, yes. the Resident Evil 1 mansion. She's like, well, here we go. Here we go And it's again. supposed to be this giant yeah. moment where it's like, I just went through a mansion. Yeah. I'm totally set. Um, it was also way bigger. Yes. It was, like, cooler. Like, what I was doing? thinking about this on the drive uh, home from work today like an idiot. But I was thinking about, like, how was Resident Evil Zero not an amazing game? Yeah. Like, that should have been amazing. Because it was in that HD remake kind of style, the remake mm-hmm. style. So it looked awesome. Like, objectively, Resident Evil Zero looks great. Mm-hmm. But, like, kind of after 2, they, like, lose, like, a lot of, like, what... It's like they didn't know... Like, what they liked about Resident Evil isn't what fans liked, yes. I think, was kind of the thing. I feel like the people making Resident Evil have very terrible impulses. Yeah. And when they follow them, we get games that are rough. Yeah. And when they like are just like, okay, let's back to basic. Let's yes. dial it down. What exactly are we looking for here? Yeah. We get great games. Yeah. Uh, and that happens at least twice in the series. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. So we meet Rebecca. And then, okay. So we haven't talked about Jill and Barry yet, which I think is probably... Uh, the what most people remember from the game because I think Chris was basically hard mode, right? Yes. And Jill was easy because Jill starts with a gun, Chris starts with a knife. Mm-hmm. I think Chris takes more damage too. Yeah. Or uh, no, it's the opposite. Jill takes more damage. So there is like a split. Yeah. There. We just maybe didn't know because to me, all I saw was gun, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna play with gun. Yeah. So Jill's my like canon Resident Evil hero for the most part. Uh, so Barry is my canon chill bro, mm-hmm. and this guy. Come on. Nonsense. Barry, His whole arc is nonsense. Barry is objectively, though, the best, right? Isn't <laughs> yeah, he like the warmest, so nicest guy in the whole world? 
uh, I've always thought you've had a berry quality oh, to thank you. Thank you for saying Just that. Just like you want to quest with you, you know? <laughs> like, come quest with me. Uh, uh, Barry's got a great. Uh, his arc is bananas, but essentially, and we'll find it out later. Maybe we'll get there in a beat or two. But uh, so um, his uh, they, they run through the mansion and get to get ser- uh, serum for Richard. That to me was like the moment when I knew what this game was. Yeah. It was like, okay, we're going to have these weird little story beats that come up that are like out of any sort of gameplay loop I'm used to. Right, right. And uh, it was like, do you know this map by now? It yes. was, the question was, like, can you get around? Can you get to this place we're telling you to go and get back? Right. And then also that was, like, the first introduction of – I mean, I can't believe I uh, – I, we haven't talked about it yet. Like, the very first enemy we meet are zombie dogs that famously burst through the window. Right. Yeah. Um, but the snake is, like, the first boss. And the snake is like, this is going to escalate. Yeah. So get ready for – yeah. Uh, your imagination to be tested. <laughs> and and you kind of like can guess that like, oh, it's going to be bigger things we don't like. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be bigger <laughs> spiders. It's going to be bigger snakes. Uh, what what else bigger do, do they have? Uh, a sh- big shark. They have. Uh, it's not so much bigger, but like later in the game you get to like the zombies are replaced by hunters. Yeah. He's like frog monsters. Yeah. That, and is that in the first claws? one too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They cool. introduce them with this amazing cutscene. <laughs> <laughs> you go at some point, you leave the the mansion. Yeah. You go out in the garden, you do a bunch of shit, and then you come back. And as soon as you come back into the mansion, you get a first person cutscene <laughs> of from the monster's point of view, yeah. going through exactly where you just came from. Yeah. Like climbing up the elevator shaft and running all the way up to the door you just entered. <laughs> it's so upsetting. Oh, that's good. I love that, dude. That's real great. good. Um, okay, so uh, Richard is a Bravo team member. He's, He's a Bravo been po- team guy. poisoned, mm-hmm. right? And I would say this is about the halfway point before we get to like this is like right before the lab, right? We no, that's pretty. It's pretty. I would say it's like the twenty five percent mark. Okay, that's like you're in it. This is the it, it. Very much is like the threshold of like now you're gonna start fighting bosses. Yeah, and I believe. Uh, in the snake room, when you do finally get in there, yeah, it's the first crest that you find, and right. that kind of becomes a trope of at least these first few Resident Evil games. Is the midpoint comes? There's like a, a four part giant quest, yes, that you have to go through. In Resident Evil One, it, you have to find four crests. Ah, um, in the HD remake, they replaced it with death masks. Nice. You need to find <laughs> a, a lateral move at best. <laughs> yeah, you have to find these four items to break out of the first area you're in. Right. And so you find it like in the snake or you'll solve like a really hard puzzle sure, and then sure, you'll get sure. it and, and you can move into the garden. Um, so uh, we, we kind of realize that Albert Wesker is actually uh, uh, a turncoat. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a, uh, he's a traitor. And uh, we also notice some weird behavior with Barry throughout the game. If you're playing as a uh, Jill, Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if Chris has any weird interactions with Al- Albert Wesker. He must, right? If- I think he runs into him in the guest house. Yeah. And he's just like, Wesker, glad to see you're alive. And he's like, I'm glad you're alive too. Yeah. And, and there's just like this like masculine preening that they do. <laughs> They're like, all right, well, I'm going to continue my investigation. I'm realizing Chris is objectively not the best way to play through this game. He's not. Yeah. Uh 
But yeah, cause still, but I just remember being so interested in him as a kid because I'd never played as him. So mm-hmm. I was like, "What is that? Ha- what happens with him?" Yeah. But uh, so yeah, essentially, this all comes to a head when you realize Albert Wesker is working for Umbrella. Umbrella did create this virus, mm-hmm. this outbreak that's happening at least in this mansion, as far as we know, probably in the woods. Uh, and it's all like to gather battle data. Yeah. On, like, how do these monsters work against? the best of the best yeah like, military wise so crazy such a nightmare and uh we realize barry who is a traitor also but is doing it for good reasons because his right. family has been kidnapped and being held prisoner right at which point only in the end does he go you know fuck it i don't care about right. my family and uh i'm gonna fight for good Just like i have decided against yeah the decision i made in some versions of the game barry does die right yes yeah there's a bunch of like you can uh, let Barry die if you like make certain choices. You can save uh, Chris or Jill, whichever one you're not playing as. Yeah. Uh, if you find Emodis, there's like eight endings to this game, and I think the only difference is who's there with you at the end. Right. I don't think there's like a narrative. Yeah. I know in the HD remake at least, and maybe in the PlayStation one, if you save uh, the Jill or Chris, Jill will kind of fall asleep and put her head on Chris's shoulder, which implies a little date. <laughs> We're shipping them. I uh, I'm shipping Barry and a liquor. Um, so, uh, so that happens, and then uh, I will say it's a very cool thing that, like, when I say Resident Evil has these bad tendencies, one of their good tendencies is they never really get into supernatural anything. Yeah, it's always like there's a virus, there's science gone wrong. Yeah, it's monsters, and that's that's comforting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like uh, I would I would rather that than um, there are ghosts running around. Like there is something yeah. interesting about like clicking the story into place and how did people make these decisions. And uh, I think we the reason why we like these first two at least anyway is because they're so contained mm. and one and and two basically just expands upon the other in a relatively meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for example. Resident Evil 1 is iconic because you're in a mansion. The mansion will always be part of Resident Evil 1. It's a big mansion. It's a big playground Mm -hmm. where you get to run around different rooms and solve puzzles, read diaries, and uh, empty tubs full of (laughs) black liquid. Keys. Yeah. uh, And then Resident Evil 2, which we'll get to right now, basically expands upon it in the way that it's like, it's like, it's like now you're in a city, Mm -hmm. but really... You're in a police station. <laughs> like it's like it's like uh, you're in a city for like five seconds. So you, it's like wow, this world is huge. If you if you would have told me, hey, guess what? This game's actually a trick. You're not in the city. Mm-hmm. You're just really in this police station. We're gonna make you think you're in a city and then put you in a different location. But then eventually, once you get to this police station, you're basically here the whole game. It would have seemed less attractive to me at the mm-hmm. time. But my my imagination was already running wild because yeah. I got I was a, a, in, a, in a city with burning cars and stuff and then i was in a gun store yeah and then i get into a, a place it, it does feel a little bit like you know how on talk shows how like conan o'brien has just an image of a city behind him but it does create this illusion mm-hmm. of like being a man of culture uh having a nice window yeah, <laughs> yeah. it does have these like it's like a certain smoke and mirrors that tricks your mind like you're running through the same corridors in the city that you right. would be in a mansion but it does feel so much bigger and more frightening and like more vulnerable that you're just yes. out in the open. And uh, it's cool that you have these two characters. Uh, and I would say that these, this is like the most, 
one of the most creative Resident Evil shifts I I think in the whole series is so in the second game you get a choice to play as Leon Kennedy the cop mm-hmm. the the raccoon police department cop or you get to be Claire Redfield who's Chris's sister mm-hmm. looking for Chris uh, so uh, the game was released in January 21st, 1998. It takes place in September 29th, 1998. <laughs> it's so fucking crazy and interesting. It's just the weird that they would choose a time for Resident Evil 1, and it would just work out that it kind of just is Development a regular cycle. timeline yep. now. Uh, the city is infested with zombies. Leon and Claire meet at a diner, mm-hmm. right? And they get separated by a maniac zombie driving a truck. <laughs> Uh, Leon and Claire uh, meets Kendo gun shop owner. So no, no matter who you play, you get this gun shop owner right. who's his name's Kendo. I think so. That's so funny. <laughs> it might be that Kendo is the name of the gun shop. Yeah. Oh, maybe. I think at some point he sends a fax to the Resident Evil. <laughs> like you, you're in the the Star's office in the police station, and you yeah. get a fax, and it's from the guy who runs Kendo gun shop, and he's like. Hey Chris, your new gun is ready, or something. That's I don't so crazy. That at all. Well, because he dies immediately. Oh boy, does he? He and that's an iconic death scene. I would say, like, and as far as scenes in Resident Evil go, that's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, is when he he's standing by a window and he's got a gun drawn on you, right? Or no, no he no. he <laughs> he, uh, he he draws his gun when you first walk in. And, yeah. you, and you're like, hold on, I'm a human being. Yeah. If you're Leon, he goes, oh, sorry about that. And if you're Claire, he goes, sorry about that, darling. Like, it's not good. He comes over, he locks the door. He makes yeah. a whole big to-do of it. He's like, hold on. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> and then you go over and you search for bullets and things. And then it's just like his giant glass window. Yeah. <laughs> and they just charge there and grab him and eat him. And yeah. It's, and it's, an, it's a very Night of Living Dead. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, two fun things about the Kendo gun shop. You can either a, if you fight off the zombies or just like bravely run into them, you can get his gun mm-hmm. and then you get a, that, yep. that big second weapon, either Claire's crossbow or Leon's shotgun. And right. you get that very early. Yeah. The other thing that I always do, because if you're speed running it, you don't have time to wait. Yeah. You immediately go to the door and then you run out a second and you get the black bar that says it's a cinema and you just hear him inside like the crash. And he goes, ah, yeah. And then you just keep running. Yep. <laughs> Don't yep. give a shit. Yeah. I got to keep moving. I love that they give you that as an option, too. You can just <laughs> you can just hear his death and oh, whatever. Uh, so, uh, oh, you also meet Marvin the cop. He's uh, he's he's injured, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very iconic scene, mm-hmm. too. Uh, uh, so, crack investigative journalist Ben Bertolucci. He is the best. He, I can't remember him. He's in Leon's scenario. Okay. You go down. Um, it's actually after you meet. Did he lock himself in a prison? He locks himself in the cage. And Leon's like, where do they keep the keys to this thing? He's like, I got it right here, officer. He's so fucking chill about yeah, it. Yeah. He's got a ponytail. He's yes. doing this whole investigation about the police. And he's the one who, um, in Leon's scenario, tells you, like, the chief of police is working with Umbrella. Yeah. And he gets attacked by William Birkin, yeah. who... Um, is I guess the protect or the, the antagonist, antagonist of Resident Evil Two. Right. He created the G virus, which is like this new virus, and he takes it himself because he gets shot by Umbrella when they're trying to steal it from right. him. Right, and so he's lumbering around as this giant monster. Mm-hmm. He attacks Ben, implants a bug in him, <laughs> and so you get down to the kennel again after you've met Ben, mm-hmm. and you hear him scream, and you run over to him, and he's just like. 
that son of a bitch police officer. <laughs> like, as he just confronted and was attacked by the most horrifying monster, yep. he's still just like, I'm a crack journalist. Yep. And I'm on don't the let beat the story and I get away. Taken off. Yeah. And then his chest rips open and a bug crawls out. Yeah. And Leon just like watches it. And then he goes back to doing his thing. It's very funny that's to me when so the Resident crazy. Evil characters are apathetic about yeah. what's going on around them. And then uh, you have a note here that's like walking plot holes Ada Wong, which I, I I remember like she's like supposed to be like this cool badass. She's she's the Sherry of of Leon's story. Mm-hmm. He's the like sidekick character. But she un- unlike Sherry, Sherry's like a hopeless, worthless. Mm-hmm. And she's and Ada Wong's like a very capable yeah. ninja. Her like I call her a walking plot hole because like her motivations never quite make sense. And in the same way that like Albert Wesker died in the first game and then the second game they were like, Oh, surprise, he also had powers. Right. Ada's motivations keep shifting in a way that is never like Oh, I like she kind of falls in love with Leon, but she right. also keeps manipulating him. Right. And and she's also like looking for uh her own boyfriend, right? Yeah. Her husband? Uh, it's actually a really cool callback in Resident Evil 1. Uh, you get to the lab and type in, like, the password to get into a computer is, like, you need a username and a password. Yeah. And the username is John, and the password is Ada. Oh. And you find, like, a document that says, like, I made the password my girlfriend's name. And then you find another document oh, or something cool. that says, like, her name is Ada. Yeah. And so then when you meet Ada, she's looking for her boyfriend, John. Oh, it's like that's this cool great. thing. I but love then, like But that. that's why it's like, that would be a very simple motivation. Yeah. Then Ada's like, no, I was just using John to get to Umbrella. And now I'm just using Leon to get yeah, to, to Umbrella. Umbrella. Even yeah. though I just met Leon and I don't know how my plan could have consisted of, yeah, of meeting a, Leon. Of this weird deus ex machina. So uh, basically we have, uh, if you're playing Claire, you get you get those Sherry missions where you're running around a Sherry, mm-hmm. like trying to basically dodge monsters. It's very, it's 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 more impactful than we have time to give it credit for, but it's very impactful. Yeah. Uh, horror, survival horror. Uh, Ada's a little different because she's cool. Uh, uh, then, uh, so William Birkin's basically the big bad of that. You, you go through essentially what is the first game again, where you're, you're in a bigger place and in a lab. Mm-hmm. And uh, but there is more cool uh, set pieces, I would say, mm-hmm. stuff to to, to kind of play around with. Um, there are like three trains in the game. There's yeah. the one we talked about where the hand comes down. Yeah. There's for some reason a train that doesn't need to be a train. It's just a platform that goes down. Sure. And uh, I think the end uh, it basically ends with uh, a big big battle, much like the last one. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you play it correctly, Ada disappears. Right. Ada gets killed. She gets killed, quote unquote. She's Ada next. like gets stabbed and then she like disappears yeah. and then sometimes she gets thrown over the edge yeah. of like a long like Empire Strikes Back sort of yes. Cloud City uh-huh. situation. Uh, she dies and gets injured a number of times. Yeah. Pretty much ev- for every time she turns <laughs> heel, she gets killed, <laughs> which has happened yeah. so many times. Uh, there's a Silent Hill 2 character like that who... Uh, just dies again and again and again in front of you and then she keeps reappearing that is a legit bit though like like the the idea there is that uh uh big spoiler for she Silent like Hill represents 2. your guilt you or something. Ki- well you killed your wife is like a big thing with that game mm-hmm. and so she represents like the girl you've always wanted and you see her get brutally kind of killed by the same monster again and again uh-huh. she just keeps appearing mm-hmm. and it's a mystery until you realize that she's actually a specter right yeah 
Uh, so and then you have that game's uh, so much smarter than Resident Evil Two, dude. That that <laughs> but that one alone, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Uh, Hunk, uh, Mr. Death collects the uh, G virus sample, brings it back to Umbrella. That's what I what I love about Hunk specifically is that he has two nicknames. Yeah, <laughs> like Hunk is not a man's name. No, nope. but then in Resident Evil Three, if you beat it enough, you get these little epilogues, and yeah. we find out that Hunk's nickname amongst like the other Umbrella people, yeah. is Mr. Death. <laughs> And Hunk's a playable character. Hunk gets this little scenario at the yeah. end where, like, if you beat it with, like, the right... Uh, if you beat it under a certain time, you get to play through this, like, pretty challenging little, like, run-through mission. Right. Where you have... You start with a certain amount of ammo and health, and you just have to get to one part of the police station. And it's tough. Yeah. Um. So, uh, and, and, and uh, if you beat it with him, you get to play as the Tofu. You have to beat the uh, the Leon and Claire ABs three times each, and then you get the tofu. And he just gets he's Hunk's mission, but with just a knife. So yeah. it's like better dodge, buddy. Yeah, and you do. <laughs> have and you ever played tofu? I have. Yeah, uh, I think I beat it. I feel like I have. <laughs> I'm doing that like uh, Oprah memory where I don't know if I actually beat it or I've just, just like decided. It. Yeah. yeah. But uh, when Tofu gets bitten by a zombie, he goes, why you do that? <laughs> why, you, why you do that? And it's like, yeah, I get why would you do that? The, whole, b- the whole bit with the Tofu guy, too, is that he, like, it, it was a response to s- people speedrunning Resident Evil 1, right? Right, and using only the knife. Right. So they were like, fuck you, try and beat this. And then they did. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil 3, it, uh, it releases September 22nd, 1999, so about a year later. Uh, it takes Can place I, in September 28th, 1998. So it's like, what is that? The, the next day. Or the day before. The day before. So here's where the timeline gets broken. Yeah. Me. And the the main breaking in Resident Evil 2 is that Leon and Claire are both right. doing things at the same time. But also, there are two key cards. Right. And sometimes there's only one submachine gun. And if Leon right. is not there for Claire. So that timeline sucks in general. Right. Resident Evil 3 ostensibly takes place before Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. There's a part in the game where Nemesis, which is like the big stalker enemy. He's the hook of the game. So yeah. He's like, he's the, the best game monster called Resident Evil ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's actually upsetting to me that they don't do it in any of the other games. Or any really other well. game, really. Like, the, the, every time a Nemesis-like thing shows up in a game, people make note of it. Because it's like, yeah. this is a Nemesis. This is like a thing following you throughout yeah. the game that can show up at any time. Resident Evil games would... Uh, like, the idea is that there's this one giant monster that is unkillable. Yeah. That, uh, you can kill it, but, like, he'll come back. Right. And he's just following you throughout the entire game. And the whole game is defined by him. Right. He is, like, you... He is the epic boss encounter that you will fight three or four times throughout. Right. And that's how you can kind of track the arc. Like, you build up to a giant nemesis fight. Yeah. And then you also just see him running around, and he's kind of on a random generator. Mm-hmm. So sometimes he's just around. Yeah. And it's so scary. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's such a disappointment. Like, Resident Evil games would later introduce characters that seem like they're going to be the nemesis character. Resident yeah. Evil 4 had, like, a chief. Like, a, yeah. it was just, like, a giant bearded man. And then you just kill him. <laughs> yeah. And he's dead. And I'm like, no, have him around forever. What are you doing? <laughs> he can be the end boss. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Nemesis uh, is great. Nemesis is such a scary, like, it's scary monster design. Yeah. Every aspect of Nemesis is cool and scary. 
Uh, Jill Valentine is making her last escape from Raccoon City. She meets uh, a team of Umbrella Mercs who are making uh, who are maybe good guys. I love that because it's like it, it, they are like uh, weirdos. Everyone in this game is a weirdo, and, <laughs> and it's just a weird scenario in in a weird thing. It, it's assets from two mm-hmm. all jumbled up. Right. Basically, is like is like uh, how you can think about this game. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like I think that this game is very uh, it's 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 notably. Uh, not just where like the timeline gets super convoluted and worse, but it's also like that's where they like kind of phoned it in game design wise. It's like there's a huge jump from one to two, mm-hmm. and then from two to three, it's like what is the defining thing with three is Nemesis. Mm-hmm. But as far as like cool set pieces go, mm-hmm. I mean what like the the city like we've already seen the city. Mm-hmm. We've you know like where where are we expanding and in what direction? That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. there's not a lot of like. Uh, you get to a lab at the end. And by that point, we're like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm very set on labs. There's a cool clock tower that you get to. Kind of The middle of the game is this clock tower scene that has some cool moments and like looks sure. interesting. You get to go on this like balcony and sort of look out at the moon. Uh, wow. <laughs> they do do a really good fake out in that game when you're in the clock tower and you like beat it, you get the last puzzle yeah. and then you call a helicopter and it comes and you're like, Oh my God, I, I beat the game. And it is about where you could see the game ending. Yeah. And then nemesis just appears with a rocket launcher. and shoots yeah. the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. So good. Um, so yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. We have, uh, yay. Jill is infected with the T-virus. Actually, that's at the end of the clock tower. Yeah. She gets infected and she passes out. That's when you play as Carlos, Mm -hmm. who's a member of that Umbrella team. Yeah. The reason I wrote it like they might be good is because Jill actually has a moment where she's like, you work for Umbrella? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm just employee. Like, yeah. we're not yeah. all fucking... We're not all... Tenting our fingers. Like, just because we pl- work for Hitler doesn't mean we are <laughs> Hitler. Uh, yeah. But um, so you play as Carlos, and you mm-hmm. run into a hospital to find a cure for her. Right. And it's and apparently when you wake up, that's when Resident Evil 2 happened. Jill's, like, asleep for Resident Evil 2. I don't know what is so big that Jill couldn't have been awake for, that, like, we would have to deal with uh, her wondering where the valve handle was. Right. I have no idea right. what the problem is. But, like, the reason that timeline gets fucked is because you go into the police station as Jill, and it's just, like, a very short trip in there. Yeah. But because they don't want you to go certain places, there are, like, doors that are boarded up. Yeah. Which, like... It's ostensibly happening before Resident Evil 2, but those boards are gone. <laughs> like it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't connect. Yeah, uh, and and it's and it's 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 clear, and I think that's like one of the funnest things about Resident Evil 3 too is like, and also it's like Resident Evil 3 is like in, incredibly like it's played probably the least of like the three that came out on PlayStation One. I don't remember it barely at all from that mm-hmm. era. I mean, I remember going back to it and watching a lot of stuff about it later, but like I never completed. Have you beaten this game? Oh yeah. Oh, we, yeah. we ran that game and not as much as two, but like we, right. w- we would speed run that as well. Uh, Resident Evil three is super fun, especially today for like speed runs. Right. Because there's a ton of randomness in it. Huh? There are like a couple of passwords that like in Resident Evil two, you would know it's always two, two, three, six. Right. In that safe. In Resident Evil 3, 
there are like four or five randomly generated passwords. Yeah. So you'll watch a speed run and it's like, well, if I get the right password, I get to do it first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they kind of know like which is most likely. So that's the one they'll do first. It's it. And like when nemesis appears, yeah. um, sometimes there are rooms where you'll get dogs or zombies. It's really, uh, meant to be played a couple of times i yeah. think for that reason but there are no narrative changes right yeah 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 um and and of, of course the uh the end of the game it oh ends boy. with a uh, the u.s government nuking uh, raccoon city yep. which Lost uh, cause. yeah which is just as uh, she and carlos escape so it's a nuke that happens and of course this it does happen before the events of two <laughs> still right well that's why they have to say like jill was asleep during i guess that's why she had to be asleep during resident evil 2 time yeah because resident evil 2 did not end with a nuke right so that was where we skipped the time and where we caught up and now the nuke happened so resident evil 3 takes place both before and after resident evil 2 right just make it after <laughs> what are we doing um uh so that's about it that that wraps up the first three games um uh we we have to wrap it up here but uh i did want to quickly ask uh, uh we do have an email so i quickly Ooh, wanted yeah. to ask that uh and only not i i mean i don't care but of course the this this person who emailed us that right. obviously does have so uh, the uh, basically the question is, what is your most memorable moment from a Resident Evil game? Uh, for example, I love the introduction to Mister Liquor in Resident Evil Two, and that was sent to us by uh, James Marcus <laughs> uh, from uh, the other mansion. <laughs> this is uh, location. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, my most memorable moment is definitely. I mean, I guess I have to say the hand bursting through the train. But honestly, when I thought of it, the first thing that came to my mind was the giant crocodile from Resident Evil 2. Oh, yeah. yeah That's yeah, yeah, yeah. so insane. It's like the most insane moment of a very insane series and yes. kind of still hold the record. He's not even like a zombie alligator. <laughs> he just got big. Yeah. Nobody else got big. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that, that, that logic was in Resident Evil 1 also, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess there were spiders that got big. Or the snake. Yeah. Big snake. That's it. Big snake. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like a cobra snake too, right? Oh, yeah. Or is he? No, he's not. He's, he's not. got poison. He's got poison though. Uh, I mean, I, I think that, like, I, I hate to pick a cliche one like the zombie head turning or uh, the Mr. Liquor for the first time. But I guess it, my, my, my memory, like, I'll never forget the the scene when you walk into the chief of police office and he's got the body laying oh, on his yeah. desk. Like that image, that idea sort of haunts me forever. <laughs> right. And he uh, turns to like yeah. all of his taxidermy to think taxidermy used yeah. to be my hobby. Of course the voice acting has taken leaps and bounds and is still <laughs> obnoxiously terrible. <laughs> Uh, well, that about do it for our episode of uh, of Resident Evil uh, one, two, and three. A uh, comprehensive timeline of wackiness and hallucinations. Uh, uh, Michael McCaller, thank you for doing this with me, bud. This Absolutely. was great. I am. I, uh, I appreciate you going on this adventure with me. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug before we? Get uh, on the yeah, show? check me out on Twitter. My handle is at Michael McCaller. And I'm writing a lot of great stuff on Smosh.com. Yes, absolutely. Smosh has been killing it lately. Uh, 
And uh, I have to plug, uh, you know, yeah, check me out on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime. Also, uh, you know, uh, stay tuned for uh, later episodes. We're going to definitely do the other games in this timeline, 4, 5, and 6, notably. And then we might do a special 7 episode. Uh, we'll also uh, cover some more spooky, scary, Halloween-y mm. type uh, episodes for the month of October. I'm shivering just thinking about it. Yeah, me too. I'm going to get into a survival horror game for the month, but I can't decide which one it's going to be yet. Mm. Um, It might be... uh, Well, we'll see. Uh, Anyways, thank you so much for listening to the show. My name is Jeremy Schmidt. Good morning? What are we doing? Is it in Canada? Is it the morning? It's (laughs) mid-afternoon.